Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to Basics, where we are doing that whole deconstruction journey and just kind of working our way through it and shaking ourselves and doing a little dance and yay! No, not really. We're just mostly deconstructing boring old Bible texts and talking about how they're not as hateful as you might have thought. I am the inimitable because no one would want to, Pastor Don, and I am joined by everybody's favorite, Courtney Fraley. Say hi, Courtney. Hi. <laughs> I am uncorking what anyone from Michigan might recognize as a health potion. Ah, yes, the good stuff. Me, on the other hand, I am rocking my favorite sports t-shirt, which I just got ordered from America as a birthday present to share with my daughter, representing the Niners. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, that is my dedicated Star Trek joke for today's episode. Uh, so if you don't know, figure it out. Yeah, that'll know, be the only to one. the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> to the opposition yeah so uh forgive the my state uh today i um it's not covid according to my testing but i'm sick again yeah toddler plague <laughs> i'm just coming off of getting my uh, seasonal allergies at the same time i had a sinus infection so ugh, i get it great so fun yeah, yeah, that one took me a good two weeks to, to start getting over. Oh, it's been fun. In any case, speaking of things what are fun, shall we talk about the Bible? <laughs> there, you can take a screenshot of that and use it for my professional image for the church. Yeah, yeah, that's a headshot if there ever was one. Oh, God. Okay, so we're still... Oh. We're still in Genesis? Yeah, we're going to be there for a minute. And we're only 18 chapters in, despite the fact that we're on, what, like, episode 24, 25, something like that? Yeah, we've been at it for a minute. Yeah, just a couple of minutes by this point. Today, we are on Genesis. Our kids will will all be, like, going off to college by the time we're done with the whole Bible. You know, one one of the podcasts I follow is working its way episode by episode through the entire back catalog of Star Trek. And I'm just looking at them kind of enviously because they're going to run out of episodes long before we ever do. <laughs> Which is saying something. You, have you figured it out and figured out how long this will take if we actually see it through? I couldn't begin to calculate because sometimes we do one chapter at a time, sometimes we don't. Um, but I'm going to guess we have, if this ever actually pays us any money, we've got job security probably for the rest of our lives. Uh, and if it doesn't, we've got a handy hobby. Uh, so in any case, uh, Genesis chapter 18, anybody? Uh, can you read my, I don't want to. Yeah, like, uh, I'll, I'll yeah. read it this, this time. We're going to do this in two parts. So for this episode, we're going to be focusing on Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 through 15. 15. Is it 15 or is it? Yeah, it's 1 through 15. I'm going to take my iPad. It's a, it's a... Big old beefy one, this this chapter. Yeah, perfectly fitting for me. All right. So let's begin. Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Nah, I mean, so far about that. A son promised to Abraham and Sarah, uh, now with their fancy new names. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of the Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. 
Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread so that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you said. And as Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abram and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I be fruitful? The Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, yes, you did laugh. <laughs> this this that, is a fun one. This, this one is a little bit of fun. Um, I love the hobbity nature in which he's like, we've got yes. That is, I think, both unique and wonderful, but at the same time, also kind of why all the rest of this stuff happens. Um, well, it's, it said it was, it said three dudes, right? It is three men, three men and put that in pretty, pretty big air quotes, uh, since there is definitely something of the supernatural about them. Um, that doesn't come through in this interpretation. Is there something in an earlier language that no, it's the, the supernatural experience here requires an understanding of context that we don't necessarily have in our nice, settled, modern English-speaking societies. Um, so let's walk through what happens with these three men first, and we can like kind of talk about why this is like increasingly weird. Like, okay. And when I say this is weird, I mean that this is not weird in like a you're sitting down at the boardroom office table at work and suddenly you look around and there's somebody walking nearby in a clown suit weird. I'm, you know, that's something that is just a non sequitur apropos of nothing and makes no sense weird. We're talking about like the reason why Slender Man is scary to some folks weird because it's almost but not quite real. So let's look at what happens. Lord, first off, we have the first sentence. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of the memories. He sat at the entrance of the tent in the heat of the day. Um, that's, that's later context applied to the story. Like they're telling you the determination after, in advance of the story. Forget about that part. But in the heat of the day is important. Because Abraham is a functional nomad moving through a desert environment. In the heat of the day, they're set up at camp. Like when you're nomads, you move in the evening, you move at the night. You don't. Yeah, I would think they'd maybe be sleeping, right? For the most part. They're not exactly nocturnal, but during the heat of the day is when you're sleeping, chilling, and hiding out in the shade. So he's hanging out under the tree in the heat of the day, and he looks up and sees three men standing near him. Note the. And this phrasing holds up in the Hebrew as well. It's not, he looked up and saw three men entering the camp. They were just he there. Up and they were just freaking there. So operating from the assumption that we're dealing with three humans, which by the way, 
This is one of the things I often point to when we when people ask me the question, is the Trinitarian God of the New Testament the same God as the Old Testament? Mm -hmm. I say, well, there are times where God presents God's self in ways that are very Trinitarian, even in the Old Testament. This is one of them. This is meant to be a presentation of the Lord and not necessarily an angel or anything like that. It doesn't say an angel of the Lord appeared. It doesn't say that a messenger came. Well, like, and in verse three, it says he said, my Lord, he's not. And now it's a small Lord L. Yes. But exactly. he's also the, saying that. Uh, he see, seems to be saying that to the three of them and he's saying it. Well, that's that there is an honorific appellation right there. That's not necessarily a singular plural issue. That's like Nantoka-sama in Japanese. Like you would apply it to one, you could apply it to many. It doesn't really matter. Like that that's the the uh the English iteration of like Okyaksama. Like it could be it could be like 90 of you. It doesn't matter, you're still gonna use the same. Um, so that's just a linguistic uh twitch there. Okay. But so he looks up, he sees three men stand happen to be standing. And if we were to assume that Abraham is a relatively normal dude which, you know, I mean, the guy uses sexual assault the way most of us use a screwdriver, so maybe not normal by our standards, but still, you know, more likely to assume a realistic explanation for things. He's going to assume that these are three people who are out walking in the middle of the day, which makes no sense. Like, there, neither of the explanations you could apply, either they just appeared or they're out for a stroll in the middle of the noonday heat, neither of them make particular sense. Okay. So right away, we're presented with something that there isn't like a clear explanation for that makes logical sense. So he's going to assume the human at least, which means that, okay, they, they must have been walking and I didn't see him. Why the hell they'd be doing that? I don't know, but all right. And so he does what the people of God are supposed to do when they come across someone like that. His assumption is immediately, if you're walking about in the desert in the middle of the day, holy crap, you must really be in need of some support here. Like, because there is no logical reason for you to be out here and just be fine. So you've got to be tired. You've got to be thirsty. I'm willing to bet you're hungry. Um, and hospitality is the call sign of our people. So let's do the thing. Um, and so he jumps right in. And I think that is, that is, I think, theologically the linchpin of the story is the fact that Abraham saw these guys and he was immediately moved to generosity. Now, he, we're just coming off of uh, chapters 15 and 16, where you know, the promise of descendants are there. Chapter 16, not only the promise of descendants there, but it also required him to do fairly invasive surgery on everybody in his camp. Um, like, there is every reason to believe that Abraham, from where he's sitting right now, should be like, I should really conserve resources. Like, all of the men in my in my camp are going to be wanting to eat red meat for uh, for a minute here to heal up, uh, and I've got to be able to have the resources to support this nation that's meant to spring forth from me. So I should probably not be dumping a full on calf on randos who are walking around in the middle of the desert. So the logical approach here for for Abram or Abraham at this point would be to to say like, yeah, the hell is wrong with you guys? Keep strutting, like you walk right on by. But that's uh -huh. not that's not the way of God. That's not how he do, no. Uh, and that, I think, is the key on which the rest of this turns. Now, 
I have invested a lot in this series and in our Untitled, uh, our hit series Untitled, which is uh, also available on YouTube in the podcast for those of you who want to check it out. Uh, unnecessary plug here. Um, but Abraham is not great. Not great. Um, and this carries over to Lot as well. Like we're dealing with definitively flawed human beings here like i you know abraham is just like a tool with a tool lot is a tool with a tool who thinks sodom's a great place to live like we're not dealing with the best of folk here and so in this moment he's been given the promise and then the next thing that happens is he's presented with a situation where devoid of any other context he has the choice between being compassionate according to the ways of god or practical according to the ways of humankind. And he chooses the godly path. Right. And this is, you know, this this does not remove from us, um, you know, the, the, the understanding of uh, Abraham, patron saint of sexual assault, uh, but it- You're gonna all... piss off so many people, dude. <laughs> Look, he did what he did. <laughs> You know, and we can't, this is actually, I think, theologically important. We cannot divorce that from this. Like, it is possible to be a profound screw-up and holy in the same person. We are large. We're not going to wait around until David did have that discussion. (laughs) No, because that's the whole theme of the book. (laughs) (laughs) David's just the highest profile example we have, but it doesn't start with him. Look at friggin' Adam. Like, <laughs> what happened? He was a divine holy, the holiest of all humans, so holy that Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. And what did he do? Original friggin' sin. <laughs> like, yes, the whole human journey is that perilous tension between terrible sin and imagio dei, you know, the... We have the image of God, we have divine sin in us, and it's not wrong to acknowledge that Abraham is a freak, but also a man of God. So now that no one else is listening, let's continue. Did we make you stop listening with our weird tangent? Let us know in the comments. That's what those are for, I hear, yelling at people for random tangents. Yeah, please, yell, please yell at us for things you don't like. It's good for the algorithm. <laughs> Anywho, so Abraham gets his decision point. Um, and I find it interesting that his generosity winds up being, I'm going to say repaid here, because that's not really how generosity works, but you get my meaning, I hope, Um, through Sarah and not through him. Like, he doesn't, like, himself get anything out of this. Sarah, on the other hand, gets pregnant, which, um, you know, being biologically male, I can't speak to this, but you can tell me whether that constitutes a reward or not. It constitutes a lot of things. Reward is on that list. It's one of the big ones. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of things. I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and Sarah has some opinions about this, right? 
Oh my God. I've, I, ever since I was a kid, I've loved this bit where she cracks up like, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's the li- yes, it's literally just her looking at the camera and saying, my body is not ready. <laughs> my body was ready a long time ago. Yeah. Missed the window. Um, and like for all those who say that the Bible is dry and humorless, I really want to draw attention to verse 15. But Sarah denied saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. He said, yes, you did laugh. And that's it. That's the end of the story. Like. God looks straight into the camera like he's on the office. Yeah. And that's really like, <laughs> that's like setting aside millennia of cultural drift. That's pretty much the type of humor that's playing out here. Is the kind of look directly to camera sort of thing. Like to, to you know, kind of couch this in modern terms, it's basically uh, Abram and Sarah are old, they're advanced in age. Um, she's gone through menopause. And so Sarah looks directly into the camera and says, bullshit. Yeah. So, you know, and, and by the way, um, I know it's a little bit sexist, but every time I get into an argument with my wife, the, the phrase, it has ceased to be after the manner of women. <laughs> That's such a useful, hilarious phrase to get yourself in trouble with. Uh, Well, I I was just reading it and being like, you know, we use a fairly uh, true but modernized, uh, like understandable translation without Mm -hmm. a bunch of the and thou. Um, (laughs) Is that still the best translation of that? It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. The short answer is yes. The long answer is yes, but you're going to laugh when I tell you why. Okay. Uh, the answer is, of course, yes, this is the best translation. And the answer is because we are translating, not interpreting. Uh, the word menopause didn't exist because biological processes with women were not understood. Like, women are those magical creatures that, for some reason, produce children sometimes, bleed occasionally, and then stop. You know, she had passed the point, which in the way women do, she just couldn't do kids anymore. Um, we, yeah. don't know, we don't know much more about that, nor do we care because we are three or four millennia old Old Testament writers and not, you know, modern doctors. Yeah. So when we talk about fidelity in translation, this is actually for biblical translations, one of the big questions. Like it would be more biologically appropriate to translate verse 11 as... Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, very advanced in age, and Sarah had gone through menopause. Yeah. But they didn't have verbiage for that at that point, so this is the shortest right. thing. So that would be... This is where it starts being smart to have footnotes, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if I were writing a study Bible, that would be one of the footnotes I would add in. Uh, however, it's worth noting that the differentiation between translation and interpretation is very strict, particularly with like the NRSV and NRSVUE uh, editions of the Bible, is they're trying to not be interpretive to the text. The authors of the text at the time did not mean to say she went through menopause. They didn't know what it was. So having said all of that, anything else you want to kind of peg into with this one, or do we want to kind of move on from here? Um, I think we've pretty much covered all of it. I just, I just enjoyed this, this section. It was, it was, it, it had everything. It had, uh, you know. A little uh, bit of joy, a little bit of fun, a little bit of mystery. It's a fun filler episode right before we get back to the serious stuff. It had humor. It had cryptid men. Yeah. 
it had you know, a trinitarian slender man like it is what it is but yes this this chapter had everything this chapter had uh hobbit like uh, a welcoming sort of occasion hobbit like generosity yeah, we have, we have hobbit like generosity and that that always reminds me of the the that famous hobbit theme from the lord of the rings movies which is basically just a redress of the old hymn this is my father's world which always makes me smile yeah the first the first was it for two and a half three bars is pretty much lifted directly from the hymn hmm. uh, the first, you'll have to make a comparison sometime almost exactly the same it goes in a different direction from there but yeah the the intro melodic sting of the hobbit theme is basically just lifted almost note for note from a christian hymn so you know just in case you were wondering that this is the question that will probably appear in the flavor text of the episode are hobbits by definition christian apparently so and are christians hobbits well maybe <laughs> so that all being said um even though we're only just a few seconds on the other side of an elliptical edit, I'm going to kick it over to Courtney for our favorite request at the end of every episode. Yeah, like, share, and subscribe. Um, yeah, that thing. Like, it helps a lot. Comment, tell us what you, what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, your thoughts, that kind of thing. Yeah, pass the videos on to random friends and whatnot. You know, ma mail them, shoot them to the International Space Station, what have you. Um, I, I, I would like to see our random rants about the Bible pop up on the ISS one day, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, failing that, links to our website, Bible Wars, and all that are down in the description. And oh my actual sweet zombie Jesus, things are popping up on the Discord. Like, get on our Discord server. Like, that's kind of for our weird little online slash online adjacent community the discord server is where most of this stuff is happening for us we got a dungeons and dragons it's practically the physical church it, it <laughs> basically is our sanctuary notwithstanding the fact that we have a sanctuary here in japan so if you are in japan you know hit me up we are still having a place and doing the things but like for the most part for our broadly international group the Discord's kind of our place. We got a Dungeons and Dragons group. We got Bible studies going on. We got other stuff going on. It is a busy place and a busy time, except when it's not, but mostly it is. So want to vent about parenting and, and share cute pictures of your kids? We have got a thread for that. Do you want to you wanna blast your favorite dank Christian memes? Shout out to that Reddit community too. We've got a place for that. <laughs> I literally just shared a meme that I built around George Takei's uh, appearance as Captain Sulu in the most recent episodes of Lower Decks from Star Trek. That's the I kind remember. of people we are. Um, so I, I really invite you to come join us, have some fun with us. We've got an, an entire area dedicated to screaming into the void. Yeah. Um, we, we have our own personal void. It's great. So yeah, come join us. We're having fun, screaming into the void, doing Bible stuff. Failing that, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will see you on the next episode of Back to Basics, which will be a whole interminable week for you and a whole interminable three minutes for us because we record these in batches. So have a good week. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Bye.